tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Kathy Black. Kathy is a CFA, Cat Fanciers Association, all-breed judge, and she has been for 19 years. She's bred and shown cats for 30 years. She's the current chairperson for CFA's Companion Cat World, a program to celebrate our rescue and non-pedigree cats around the world. Kathy, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So first and foremost, if you want to share with our listeners and tell us, how did you become passionate about cats? Well, I have always been an animal lover from dogs, hamsters, birds, fish, cats. It doesn't matter. I've always loved animals. And I guess when I got out on my own, my landlady would not let me have a dog. And so she had a couple of kittens and she gave me some cats. And that led to another cat that looked like a Maine Coon. And then when that died, I wanted a Maine Coon. So then I got a Maine Coon. And then, you know, just one thing led to another. I ended up showing that cat, falling in love with another breed uh, called the Somali. Ended up breeding Somalis for 25 years. Then got into showing and judging. And so it's been a progression but I've always been a big advocate and lover for cats and all animals. So what was it about showing cats that really intrigued you? Well, I've always been super competitive. I played a lot of sports. My family likes to play board games and card games, and we're all very super competitive. And when I got into showing, I think my competitive side came out (laughs) in me. It's a fun thing to do. I really had a a life-changing event happened right about that time, and it just felt like I fell in love with a family, a family that loved cats as much as I did, and they all became my friends and lifelong friends, and so showing just became a whole other aspect of my life, and then the cats, you know, I love to win, so when the cat does well, then I feel like I've met my achievement because I put a lot of effort into the grooming and the conditioning and the temperament and the different aspects that go into helping that cat be the best it can be. Can you tell me a little bit about the Cat Fanciers Association and what it's all about? It was founded in 1906. I'm from Oklahoma. Oklahoma became a state in 1907. So I always say the CFA is a year older than even Oklahoma. And it's one of the world's largest registry of pedigree cats. In 1969, it started registering the random bred cats that they called household pets. And we registered household pets almost all that time since 1969. But it wasn't until about 2015 that the board decided to let those cats earn titles. So they become grand household pets. They can be the top winning regional cats in their region, or they could even be the top national cat of the entire world. CFA consists of member clubs. Those member clubs have been preserving and celebrating and protecting cats, and they put on cat shows, which allow people to then come and exhibit their cats at the cat shows. But even though we are mostly a registry of pedigree cats, we've always been there to enhance the well-being of all cats. 
and promote education, responsible cat ownership, and proper care for millions of cats worldwide. Only about 2% of the population of cats are pedigreed cats. So there's 98% of the cat world do not know about CFA, do not know about a lot of the pedigreed breeds. So that's why we started this program a couple of years ago called Companion Cat World to introduce people to CFA let them know who we are. If I say AKC, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You're going to know that's the American Kennel Club. But if I say CFA to a, just about anybody, they're not going to know what CFA means. They haven't heard about us. They don't know who we are. So that's one of the goals that we've started for the uh, Companion Cat World is to reach out to the 98% of all the cat people out there that have never heard about us, let them know who we are and what we stand for and what we work for and let them know that their lovely cat that they have that may be a rescue, a shelter, a stray, they can be part of our organization also. So are the people that register their cats, do they all show their cats or do they register them for other reasons? Well, before we started this Companion Cat World program called CCW, all the cats that were registered pretty much were registered for showing purposes. But not all cats are show cats. I mean, A lot of cats may not have the temperament. Maybe the owner doesn't have the temperament (laughs) for showing. It may not be something they're interested in doing. And so we started CCW for all the cats, whether you want to be a show cat or not. Now, of course, you can always take your cat to a show because the registration will earn you titles because of that being registered through CFA. But we are looking to do education to do fun events for people that may have a cat that may not qualify. For example, the household pet competition at a CFA show, your cat cannot be declawed. CFA does not promote declawing of animals. And so if you do happen to have a rescue or a shelter cat that has been declawed, then it will be eligible to come to our CCW fun shows. It just won't be able to compete at a CFA show as a household pet. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful because, I mean, many of us who've adopted cats from a rescue, you know, someone may have surrendered their cat that was already declawed. So if there's still an option for a variety of different cats to participate, and I can think of some very beautiful cats that I have owned, but they were semi-ferals, and they're not going to be ready to show anytime soon, but they're beautiful, beautiful cats. So if I registered them, do I get anything for that registry? You bet. It's a one-time fee of $13 per cat, and that gives you your unique registration number, gets you into the legacy of our database, which has been around since 1906. Also, you get lots of different discounts that are available to you from several of our vendors, and you get a really cool card with your cat's picture on it, and it has your name, who the owner is. You can get luggage tags. You can get key rings as at additional items to purchase, but everybody gets their membership card and you're part of our program. So you're going to be getting a newsletter that helps educate you about cat care and cat welfare, as well as our pedigree breeds to introduce you to some of them. Do you have sort of thoughts and ideas on the cat overpopulation situation in the United States or across the world? I mean, CFA, it goes beyond the United States, right? It's worldwide, or is it just in the United States? Oh, no, we're worldwide. In fact, our number one breed, Ragdoll, is registered mostly out of China. We have shows in Malaysia. We have shows all across Europe. 
Russia, United States, of course. We're not in Australia. We promised Australia we would not compete against their organizations they have down there, but we're pretty much everywhere else in the world. And so when you think about the overpopulation, of course, we promote spaying and neutering of your cats, but we also want to preserve our pedigreed breeds. When you look at the number of litters and kittens that are born with many of our pedigreed breeds, they would be considered extinct or on the extinction list. The numbers are so small. And these breeds deserve to be preserved. They've been around for many, many years. And so we want to recognize those breeds and preserve those breeds responsibly. I like to call it intentional. We do intentional breedings, purposeful breedings to better the breed and preserve that breed. But of course, we're going to promote spaying and neutering of any cats that are not to be used in a breeding program. And of course, any random bred cats. Well, and it's actually quite interesting now this conversation is coming up in the rescue world because we are transporting a lot of cats around the country now because there are certain sections of the country where there's actually too few kittens available for adoption in those areas. And then there are parts of the country where there's too many cats and kittens that are up for adoption. And so there's become this sort of great shuffling of cats, or I sort of call it cat solitaire, that goes on where we're moving cats and kittens around the country to try and find the right supply and demand balance that's going on. But now organizations, you know, are letting cats go to term to have their kittens so they can adopt out the kittens, which is a different behavior that may have happened, you know, several years ago when they were would spay them beforehand. And it's just, it's a fascinating question around breeding that's going on in the rescue world. And I think we're going to have to have that conversation about how to provide our community with the pets that they want, not even pedigree pets, but pets in general. And I wish there was a magical solution out there. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that issue. Well, that's an interesting concept. I think the COVID, everybody's staying home. I know the shelters have been emptied out with dogs and cats because everybody's been home so much, they thought, well, I've been considering getting a pet. Let's go get a pet. That happened to me. I got a puppy because I'm not traveling so much. So that's an interesting concept. CFA, of course, is mostly about the pedigree cats, but they've always been for the welfare of all cats. And I think that everyone needs to be a responsible pet owner. And people think that cats can just survive outdoors on their own. That's a very risky proposition. The average age of an outdoor cat is like nine months. The average age of an indoor cat is over nine years. So I I think that you may have other issues that you're facing that I'm not familiar with in that part of the world where you're dealing with people looking for animals or looking for a cat that's not available. But that's just something that I'm not that familiar with. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge that we have here in in New England, and it's one that's, you know, we're trying to address it, but we're seeing people putting kittens on Craigslist for five or $600. So it's showing that there's a market out there for them. But it's interesting. We'll see how we all figure this out. We'll, we're all doing it one day at a time, and our first focus right now is making it through this sort of COVID period. <music> Boulder Holistic Vet believes the future is feline. For far too long, cats have been treated like small dogs. Dr. Angie knows that now, more than ever, our kitties rely on our ability to better understand them. 
empowering pet parents all over the globe through her online courses, blogs, live talks, and supplements available through her online store. Dr. Angie is here to help cats and cat parents, no matter your location. Learn more about Dr. Angie and her practice at www.boulderholisticvet.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code KITTYLOVE for 10% off any supplement in her online store. Dr. Angie's unique point of view to veterinary medicine uses a holistic approach to keeping your cat healthy from the very start and for treating a variety of diseases. To learn more about Dr. Angie and her practice, visit www.boulderholisticvet.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code KITTYLOVE for 10% off any supplement in her online store. Is your organization struggling because out-of-date shelter software doesn't support your organization's needs? Do you struggle to communicate with your fosters and to get videos, photos, and updates on the animals easily? Did you know that Dubert does much more than transport? If you haven't been back to Dubert in a while, you definitely need to check it out. Their rescue tube functions allow you to easily get video from fosters and staff, and their foster space module is revolutionary in the industry, allowing you to manage hundreds of fosters while easily communicating with them through text, email, and messaging. Dubert is the only place where you can manage fosters, transports, social media, and even your own online store all in one place. Whether you're trying to manage 10 animals or 10,000, Dubert provides much more than any shelter management package does for managing your organization at scale. Check it out and sign up for free at www.dubert.com, where they make animal rescue simple. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the Community Cat Coalition of Clark County, Nevada. In the decades since the group began, C5 has trapped over 37,000 cats providing them with spay, neuter, and vaccinations, and then returning them to colony caretakers in the greater Las Vegas area. C5 is a volunteer organization that believes they can eliminate the senseless euthanasia of feral and free-roaming cats that live in the Las Vegas Valley. They are a caring and dedicated group whose goal and purpose are the well-being of feral cats and their community. They feel an obligation to provide feral and free-roaming cats a better life, while at the same time humanely reducing overpopulation. They believe their actions will improve their community by reducing feline diseases. They have a passion and a belief in a cause that is morally right and that will make a difference. To learn more about C5, visit them at www.c5-tnr.org. How has COVID impacted CFA? Well, it's really impacted us. We shut down all of the cat shows in March worldwide. The board decided later on, a couple months later, to open it up to each individual club if it's safe in their region. We were thinking that maybe some of the Asian countries might be able to come back to having shows. And in fact, we just had a show last weekend in Osaka, Japan. So that was the first CFA show that's been held since March. So most of the shows are not going on right now. Another cat association, we're kind of like religions. We all have our own idea of what the, uh, what the organization should be. So there's multiple cat organizations out there. Another organization did have a show a couple weeks ago, and I haven't heard a lot about it. They did everything with social distancing and wearing masks and extra precautions. And so I think they kind of laid the groundwork that maybe some of the other clubs can look at what they did and we can try to think about moving forward. But we have a lot of people that are in the high risk 
either with age or with other underlying health complications. And so they're just kind of sitting back and not wanting to really risk going to a show right now. Other people are chomping at the bit. They've got these beautiful cats. They've got kittens that are going to end up aging out. Kittens are anywhere between four months and the day before they turn eight months. So any kittens that were born in the spring, they're going to pretty much go you know, those four months without ever seeing a cat show. And getting a kitten out is very important to let them know and experience what a cat show is when they're young. It can be a little more stressful on an older cat to go into an environment where there's all these noises and a big high ceiling and a large room and lots of different sounds and smells. So typically we try to get our kittens to a show a couple times while they're still in the kitten class to get them used to it. So they're missing out on that. So we have a lot of people who really would like to have a show, but you know, with the local regulations and the laws and the number of people that can congregate and the facilities are very expensive. So if you can't get enough income from either the exhibitors and without spectators, then the clubs really can't look at putting a show on. So it's definitely impacted our showing and our ability to have shows And we're looking for the day when that all is over with and we can get back to seeing our friends and showing off our cats again. So you haven't adapted and done like a Zoom virtual show or anything like that? Yes, we have. We've had several fun shows through virtual means. Either the pictures were submitted and the judge then judges the cats in the pictures. I did a very interesting show from Moscow where they actually set up somehow a program with a video mix where they would patch me into the person's house. The owner would show me their cat. I could speak to them and tell them what portions of the cats I wanted to see. Like, you know, can you show me, show me the profile, show me how long the hair is, you know, different things like that. I can't see the eye color. Can you have the cat, you know, kind of look directly into the camera. And so, and of course it was really fun because it all took place at two o'clock in the morning, my time. But yeah, that was an interesting show. Of course, these virtual shows, because you're not actually handling the cats, they're just for fun. They're not really for any kind of titles or awards. But yeah, we've had several of those going on. In fact, a club in Florida put on a show and got over 500 entries. And then there was been some London. I think London had a show they put on. The Berman owners or exhibitors are putting on a show with just Bermans right now. So there's lots of different virtual shows that have cropped up to try to keep everybody engaged, let everybody kind of have some fun. You do a little fundraising for your club or for an event that you may have coming up and just try to keep everybody involved. But no, CFA, the only one show we've had is just this last weekend in Japan. So, you know, many of your folks are breeders and I'm assuming that they're doing adoptions and it sounds like there may even be like a generation of cats that have missed out on this training period or early show period when they're young and getting them used to be around people and in the shows and everything. So, you know, I'm assuming that there'll be some adoptions happening in the rescue world. We've really adapted to contactless or virtual adoptions where we use video to show the cats and pretty much folks are adopting cats sight unseen. Has that been a conversation at CFA? 
not necessarily at CFA, but I'm sure the individual breeders are having to find coping mechanisms to deal with this situation. I mean, uh, cat, you know how cats are. If you've got a breeding program with pedigreed cats, then they're going to need to be bred, right? Either spay them or neuter them or, or breed them. That's the only options you have. And then there's going to be resulting kittens that need to find homes as pets, so I'm sure there's breeders out there that are working on different ways of showing off their kittens. And I know when I was breeding cats, I had a long waiting list. I always bred cats for me, not for the general public. But I would always end up having pets that were available, but not enough to fill the demand. So I always had this long waiting list of people that were waiting. And so I would contact them and say, okay, this is what I have now. Are you still interested? And they'd say, yes, we've been waiting two years, you know, or something like that. So when people are uh, get their mindset on a particular look or a particular breed, then they're always going to be pretty much willing to do whatever it takes to, to uh, find that special cat to add into their life. And we definitely want to tap into those people that are involved in adopting a rescue. And I just want to bring up one point about CCW. We had our member clubs identify a rescue shelter group in each region. We have seven regions domestically in continental United States. And each of those seven regions identified one rescue shelter group. And our CCW program is donating a portion of our registrations to that shelter group. So if I'm, let's say we have 500 cats that are registered in the Arizona, Southern California, Utah area, then the rescue group that's been identified from that area will get a portion of those proceeds. And we may switch it around from year to year. We may pick a different shelter if we have only one that we've really identified that's helping both tell their people that are rescuing cats about us and also we're, we enjoy working with them, then we'll, we may stay with that one shelter group. But that's one of the ways that we're giving back to the rescue group and the, to the shelter groups by giving them a portion of our proceeds. That's great. And I also, I had the opportunity to go to a, a, a show one point in time, and there were certainly quite a few rescue groups there. And also, they often, the rescue groups walked out the door with lots of food donations or product donations, either from the vendors that were there or, you know, at the door, they were accepting donations of food. So the individual events are really quite supportive of, of a variety of different groups. Yes, we really enjoy having a working relationship with the rescue organizations. That's usually down to the club level, but it it not only wards off people that are anti-pedigreed or anti-breeder because we show them how we do partnership with the rescue groups in that local area, but it also, like you said, it people come to see the cats and they also come to see the, the rescue cats and many of them get adopted uh, right there at the show. Most of the time, the breeders will not have kittens for sale at a show. Either they're not old enough or they're, they didn't bring the ones that they're not showing. So the people that come to the show have the opportunity to meet the breeders and see their pedigreed cats, and they'll fall in love with a particular look of a breed. And then they can start the conversation with that breeder about a potential pedigreed cat. But when people come and they're ready to get a cat that day, you know, it's nice to have the rescue cats there. Some rescue groups won't even have cats present. They just have pictures because they 
they have a vetting process they go through with the new owners. But we enjoy working with the local shelter groups. And that's one of the goals of our CCW program is also to start tracking that. We've never really tracked those numbers. So I'm putting plans in place to actually get hard numbers of how many cats are adopted at our local shows because we have you know, maybe 300 shows in a year. So it's, it's hard to keep up with all that. And so we've started putting mechanisms in place to get those numbers. So when we go to people that we are maybe looking to sponsor us or something like that, we need some hard numbers to prove to them how we're working with the local shelters and rescue groups. So if folks are interested in finding out more about Companion Cat World and CFA, how would they do that? Well, the best way to go is to our website, cfa.org, and the CCW program is available there under the drop-down, or you can type in cfa.org slash ccw. And there's lots of information about our breeds, finding a breeder. You can read all about CCW. If you have a beautiful cat that you would like to register and become part of our program, the link is right there with a big turquoise button says join now and for a one-time fee of $13 you get a pdf of your cat's registration and you'll get your membership card in a couple weeks make sure that you submit a really good picture make sure that it's a picture that includes most all the cats sometimes we get pictures of just feet or legs and things like that so get a really nice picture and upload that picture and in a couple weeks you will get your beautiful ccw card and then you'll get access to our newsletter and our blogs and you'll learn all about the different discounts that we'll be offering to you also and that like i said that's a one-time fee 13 dollars per cat kathy is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today Oh, Stacy, we've covered a lot of different, the, mostly just that we are there for all the cats. We are for the welfare of all the cats, and we want your beautiful kitty at home to be a card-toting member of our organization. And we welcome you, whether you can show your cat or not, we welcome you to become part of CFA. Kathy, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And also, I would like to do a shout out to CFA for sponsoring the online kitten conference. I really uh, appreciated their sponsorship. They were a wonderful partner to work with. And thank you so much. And I look forward to having you on again in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Stacey. Enjoyed it. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think. And a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats.